Hey, Jim, welcome to the show. Eric, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So, uh, you know, I'm going to take a moment to take us back the moment that we met, how we met at the, at the Great Wine Library. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, uh, remember it was Black Friday, 2022. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were at a, a special bottle signing event by Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, most known as. And we were standing in line for about two hours with about a few hundred people. You remember that? Absolutely. And uh, what I thought was going to be a long wait in line, it blew by so quickly because of the conversation that, that we had. Yeah, very same. Yeah. And in fact, um, the, the two-hour conversation that we had in line was what transpired in this podcast formation. And I have to thank you for, uh, for pushing me in that direction. And, um, and I don't know if you remember the, the, the one question that you asked me about the podcast. And do you remember that? I, I, do. Uh-huh. I do. What was it? <laughs> the question was, was, when can I listen to it? When can you listen to it? And, you know, I think in life, right, you have uh, people that can give you motivating thoughts, okay? But there are also people that will move you towards action. And I think that simple question that you asked uh, and the culmination of the entire conversation was what moved me towards taking those actions. Um, So I really thank you for it, Jim. And audience, Give him a like. <laughs> so without his uh, his push push question, I probably was still thinking about how this podcast was going to come about. Well, I, Eric, I'm I'm glad there's any value you found from that conversation. Uh, makes me feel great. Um, but I definitely got to give credit to somebody that asked me a question like that 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 had a very similar effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a conversation I had with Tanya Yuki, mm-hmm. uh, who is the she, who's one of the guests on your show. One of the guests on on, on my podcast, uh-huh. where uh, I met with her. She's a founder, uh, super incredible entrepreneur, now the CMO of uh, Comscore. But uh, I met with her, and I said, uh, "Hey," she said, "What do you want to do?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Well," I said, "Well, I don't know." I, I said, I think I want to write a book. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, that's amazing. That's incredible. She said, when can I read it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I, I Oh, didn't. so you stole that question I from did. her. I 100% <laughs> stole it. From, and and that, that question really, um, it really was uh, a, a wake-up call for me mm-hmm. to that thought around the, the difference between going from idea to... Um, to a working concept to putting into action mm-hmm. is where most people where most people go by the wayside mm-hmm. it's like I have an idea but it's the but yeah it, it's the but I, I would do this but and you realize everyone who's ever executed an idea mm-hmm. has the same buts but mm-hmm. they fought through them mm-hmm. and they made it happen just like you did yeah. with this with this podcast yeah so it 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's like, you know, when we look at people that have uh, significant results in life, you know, either in business or personal, right? Uh, I think that there's always that fear in their head, right? About whether they should or should not do it. Um, most of the time, they the fear really stop them from doing it, right? Um, but for those who have pushed through, right? You know, the definition of courage is acting, doing it in spite of the fear, mm-hmm. right? So, great point, Jim. Um, well, we're gonna dive into our, our conversation today. We got a lot of stuff to cover. And first, you know, maybe Dodge, share with the audience, you know, a little bit of your, your background, your personal journey, and how, uh, how your experience uh, have taught you things that, I guess, uh, how business can be crafting the story. Because I know you came from a, uh, a journalist, right, mm-hmm. background, and to me, a journalist is, is a storyteller. Right. Absolutely. So, please. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'll um, I'll give you the abridged version, which is you know, in short, uh, I I do think of myself as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was born and raised a reporter, writer, uh, editor. So I've I've worked at newspapers, TV stations, magazines, mm-hmm. and digital properties. So mm-hmm. um, Dallas Morning News. Uh, CBS affiliate in Houston, uh, Fox Interactive, Billboard, Hollywood Reporter. So all the mainstream, mainstream media channels. Yeah, and, wow. and that's a good point. Like all uh-huh. legacy media properties. Oh, you call them legacy now? Well, media properties <laughs> have been around exist. for a while, right? <laughs> so they've, they've been around for a few, uh, a few decades. Uh-huh. Um, and really helping them start to uncover their digital footprint. Like mm. What does that look like? when you reimagine a media property uh, that has 100 years of print history, what does it look like when you reimagine it in a digital format? Okay. So, um, so yeah. So, so that's kind of like a new thing you were starting, right? I mean, when, when you talk about digital, digitalize the, the, the IPs, right, that they have and how, how they transform that and pa- well, I guess we package it in a different format maybe to, to present to the audience. Is, yeah. I, and I think that was that that journey has happened over and over again. Uh-huh. It's, it's not about, well, how do we take what we're doing here and just put it on this platform? Mm-hmm. And that's not really the way to execute that. It's really about thinking about this creation you have mm-hmm. in this one environment and reimagining it. What would it look like in this environment if I started it from scratch? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Um, we were talking right before we started this podcast, uh, you know, about what is transitioning a podcast from an audio format into YouTube, mm-hmm. right? It's it's not about just taking 60 minutes of video and throwing it up on YouTube, mm-hmm. right? It's about thinking about what's the part that makes sense? Mm-hmm. What does the format look like? How does the storytelling shift? What mm-hmm. is that audience looking for differently on YouTube than they are Apple Podcasts? Mm-hmm. So taking those things into consideration at a larger level at media properties is really what a, a lot of my career has been about is, mm. is helping uh, legacy media properties reimagine themselves in a digital, in a digital world. Mm-hmm. Um, so the biggest jump in my career was taking, going from storytelling and in, in text, audio, video forms 
mm-hmm. to storytelling and data. So probably about 10, 15 years into my career, I started dabbling with uh, analytics. Mm-hmm. And when I learned that this was another way to tell stories. Mm. Uh, Can you give me an example of uh, maybe? Yeah, I think uh, we were at Fox Interactive and we were looking at the analytics of what content is performing well. Mm. And in your head, you're thinking, well, it's the best stories, the most important stories we do on air are going to be the most important stories online. Mm. That's not what we saw. Mm. In fact, uh, what we found was it was the stories that we wrote originally for the web mm-hmm. that performed the best because we wrote, we covered topics that were more timely, more uh, conversational driven, that were more useful, that were more, um, provided more value to the audience than a repackaged two minute video segment from mm-hmm. a newscast. I see. So. That's what I think a lot of media properties make the mistake is like, I have this gigantic library of content. All I need to do is cut it up and put it online yeah. and people will flock to it and they won't. I see. <laughs> they I generally see. won't. So you're like a mad scientist, so to speak, <laughs> in, <laughs> some days, in the some media days. world. <laughs> sure. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think that's th- that, that ability. And it's not just media. It's, it's us, right? We're mm-hmm. reimagining ourselves in different environments. Mm. What does Eric Chow look like pre-COVID versus post-COVID? Mm-hmm. I would assume there's some... Better, better looking, hopefully. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, but the, I, I uh, have to ask my wife for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, I think, the, I think that reinvention, mm-hmm. the, the interest and the ability and you know, the lack of fear or not working through the fear of reinventing yourself mm-hmm. is uh, it, it opens a lot of doors um, but it is a very fearful process to reinvent yourself because mm-hmm. what if it doesn't go well mm-hmm. what if people laugh at me what if mm-hmm. um, you know what if this is the wrong decision mm-hmm. all of those things pop up and prevent you like I'll just stay where I am mm. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing that history of reinvention I think is a is a great one for anyone to think about on a regular basis over the course of your life. You're going to need to reinvent yourself mm-hmm. five, six, nine, twelve times. Well, that's a great message for the business owners who is listen who are listening, right? Yeah. I mean, they say um, <clears throat> change is the only thing const- that is constant, and um, I think um, a lot of businesses today. Um, and my ours included too. You know, could really do a a better job in communicating our stories, um, or or telling our stories, right? Um, and and I think that's the part. I think Jim, you you could shine some light on on, you know, how can what, what can businesses do today, right, in today's environment with the platforms that we have, um, to to tell the story better, mm-hmm. you know? Um, well, I think one of the things, and I was listening to uh, Kuali, your one of your, your first podcast guests, mm. uh, talked about, you know, the thought of creating a logo and a slogan 
is creating a brand mm-hmm. and it is it is not it's like waking up in the morning right yeah it, it, you still have to brush your teeth and eat your breakfast <laughs> yeah so you know when you talk about storytelling in your business um your business is what you do every day mm-hmm. like your brand is what you do every day and people start to know you for mm-hmm. so i always like the elevator description of your brand is that if uh, wesley and i were in a elevator together and he says you know um oh let me tell you about my friend so and so uh uh, he's the blank guy Mm -hmm. right so just in that little conversation of like uh or you introduce me to wesley you know oh you know wesley he's my you know he's my video podcast guy Mm -hmm. okay great that's your brand Mm -hmm. right I said he's the magic behind the madness. He's the magic behind the, which is a much better title. Um, <laughs> but the, but that conversation of he is the blank guy, mm-hmm. she is the blank woman. Mm-hmm. Um, that blank, that's your brand, mm. right? So it's not the name on the door. It's not the, the domain that you registered. It's what people say when they explain mm. who, who is that person again? Mm-hmm, or who, mm-hmm. what do they do? Mm. That's your brand. Mm. So when you think about storytelling, um, I think about stories that relate to that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a, as a business or anyone that provides a, a product or a service, mm-hmm. uh, I like to try and think about what is the value proposition, mm-hmm. right? So I'm in media. I always think about what is the content we create and what's the value that provides for the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a business owner, it's the same thing. What What is the product or service that I'm providing and what is the problem that it solves or what is the opportunity that it unlocks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's really what people care about. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. are you going to help me relieve this pain that I have? Yeah. Um, or are you going to help me uh, unlock more free time or mm-hmm. more revenue or more enjoyment? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Understanding your value proposition uh, as it relates to that elevator brand mm-hmm. is where your storytelling process starts. Yeah. And, and you know, Jim, you, you, I, I appreciate you brought up this point because that reminded me of a conversation that we had on the phone. I think it was our first, I wouldn't say consultation call because you didn't, you didn't send me an invoice, but thank you for that. Sure. Um, in fact, you know, I think the, the, when we were thinking about this podcast, right, we, one challenge I had at that time was thinking of different topics to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you had a, you just asked me a wonderful question. You just, you asked me, so what are the, what are the top one, well, write down the top 100 questions that you get from your clients, you know, and all of those answers to those questions, the answers to those questions would become the topics yeah. that you want to talk about. And, um, I think that's a really for anyone who's kind of struggling with coming up with content or topics for whatever shows they want to do. I think that's really a, a, a great exercise to do. And I got to like 15 then I, my mind just got to started drifting, yeah. <laughs> but it really takes some work, takes some really thinking. So what is it that I really do to help customers? And that's the co- kind of the core of the question, right? What is it that we do to help customers? It's a great exercise mm-hmm. because really what you're doing is you're putting yourself in the in the shoes of the customer. Yes. And you're saying like, you've got all kinds of pressures on you uh-huh. and demands. Uh-huh. But what you're what it's really difficult to do is like, 
all right, let's forget that I'm Eric Chow for a second. Uh-huh. And let's say I am the person I'm speaking with. Mm-hmm. What does that person need? What does that person want? What is that person afraid of? Mm-hmm. Um, what is that person excited about? And when you start to think about it from that perspective, then you say like, oh, well, I can help you solve that problem. Mm-hmm. Or I know why you shouldn't be worried about this. Mm-hmm. That's the value you're providing. Mm-hmm. Right. But you got to be able to flip it and get out of your, get out of your own head, which is hard because we we're very important people to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, there's very few people that are more important than ourselves. Uh-huh. Right. But if you can start to think about what um, what that person's perspective is, that customer, that client, it starts to unlock the ways that you can help them that are going to be really meaningful mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. As opposed to I've got a new I've got a new piece of software and I want to show it off. So you should use my new software. Well, that mm. might not be helpful to them. Mm-hmm. It might not solve the problem they have. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great exercise is to ask those questions. Well, Jim, um, bring us back to the day we met again. Uh, while we were standing standing in line. Right. Um, I was kind of. um surprise actually to find out that you were uh working with the team gary you know which is the the personal branding team that gary vaynerchuk had mm-hmm. still has um for about two years you and you know the, the reason why is it was surprising to me because i go wow jim you you obviously know gary right you know the team you know a lot of people that were working at that event at that you know that day you know why would you be standing in line with the rest of like few hundred people and you know your response um told me so much about you as a person and how humble you are um i don't know if you remember what you said to me but um you told me you know i'm I'm just like everybody else. You know, I don't see why I should just walk up to to the upstairs and get my bottle sign and get out of there. Um, that tells me how humble you are as a person and, you know, and just a quality I truly admire. Um, and I think people can show more their character by what they do than what they say. And um, that was one testament of, uh, of that true core um uh, character that you have um and on top of that um god what, what else what, what else truck uh, but anyway so let, let's move on uh you well, let, let me make a quick comment on that yeah um what's what's interesting about that is it actually harkens back to i've i know a lot of videos i, I know gary's videos backwards and forwards yeah um but there, there's a video that, that gary talks about where he's at a he's at a conference mm-hmm and, he's, and he says, everyone in this room is thinking about how they can get to talk with me, mm-hmm. how they can pitch me their idea, how mm-hmm. they can ask me a question. And, you know, we'll do some of that at the end of this. But what you should be thinking about is the person sitting to your left mm-hmm. and the person sitting to your right. Mm-hmm. Those are the people you should be talking to mm-hmm. because those are the people that are going to be building the businesses mm-hmm. over the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And those are the people. So when you talk about that day and the line, I enjoyed that conversation thoroughly. Mm. And it, it just drove home the fact that like you need to be, have your eyes open for what's around you mm-hmm. and being open to that because 
look at us today. Yeah. We're sitting here. We're having a great conversation. We're going to talk about other other things as, as they pop up. But that never would have happened if I tried to go to the front of the line and say, hey, man, can you just sneak me in real quick? Yeah, can you just sign this bottle for I my wife? Everyone's here to say hi to Gary. Like, so, and it was a great opportunity for me. Yes, yes. And I, st- I don't know if you remember, but you told me that day you, you were actually thinking about not being there. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's Black Friday, right? Day after Thanksgiving, you know, like, you know, it's like, do I really want to stay in line for a couple hours, you know? But I think in life, um, 50% of winning is just showing up. No, 100%. And the fact that you showed up and, and you showed up as you are. You know, and your humble self and standing in line waiting for Gary, just like everybody else. And and that is to me, you know, that's the kind of quality of the people with that kind of quality. Those are the people that I want to be around and continue to learn from. Um, so without much ado, let's dive into your experience <laughs> working with uh, Team Gary. I, I think uh, that's the, the way that you know, and thank you, Gary, right? Without you, we wouldn't have met. And if you're listening, props to you. Um, uh, you know, he has a you know, couple dozen of people, you know, helping him with his personal branding uh, management. Um, but, you know, share with us, you know, how, how that opportunity came about for you and what was that experience like? And are there any behind the scene secret sauce that we should know about? <laughs> Without without jeopardizing the relationship, obviously. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, the, the secret sauce is incredible focus and thoughtful mm-hmm. uh, thoughtful experimentation. Mm. You know, um, Gary is <clears throat> Gary is a tremendous teacher, mm-hmm. uh, a great person, incredibly driven, uh, and really forces everyone to raise their game. Mm-hmm. So his his team, uh, his personal brand team, the, the people I got to meet there, the people I got to work with, mm-hmm. <clears throat> were, uh, were beyond compare. I've never worked with a team like that. I, I, I don't think I'll ever work with another team like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, uh, I've never worked with a more positive-minded, solution-oriented um, group that were passionate about what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Gary's ability to assemble a team like that uh, is uh, a superpower. Mm. You know, it is the, the Avengers team for, uh, for, for Gary. And, and I learned a ton. I hope I brought some things to the team that helped them evolve and grow, but mm-hmm. uh, I can tell you for a fact I learned more from that team than I taught that team. Mm, okay, M- maybe can you share one, one, two ma- major? Oh, they're so golden nugget that you got. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how many lightning strikes there were, <laughs> but there were a ton of, uh, there were a ton of little, little charges. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, throughout the course of those those years, um, uh, Jake. Levy and I were working on how can we extract more learnings mm-hmm. from the videos that are already created. Mm. And so one of the things we did was we uh, we discovered that like, oh, if you look at uh, if you 
look at Facebook live stream, you get spikes in your metrics that show where um, engagement increased okay, or attention increased. And so you could look through a 30, 40 minute video and you could see spikes of where the audience resonated. Okay. And then you go back and say, oh, well, that's a that there's a 30, 40 minute video, but there's a two minute segment in there that's probably worthy of an IG clip, an oh. Instagram clip. Uh-huh. Um, and so we would, and that's something that that Jake Levy and I discovered together, and it was kind of a light bulb moment. Uh-huh. Um, and it felt like you're discovering penicillin. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, it, it, it sounds so, um, I guess, I wouldn't say common, but it's, it is, no, I mean, these are the things that we, as business owners, we can go back and look at, right? Whatever content that, that we create, we can look at those trends, right? And implement the, the strategy that mm-hmm. was discovered. I mean, but you guys did it way at the beginning, at the beginning of the game, right? And now it's just kind of like become well accepted facts. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, that's, that's probably a little more advanced technique of how to try to understand but at the core of what Gary does is he listens. Mm. He listens at an incredible level. Um, so when you think about the comments on his posts, mm-hmm. he reads all of those. Mm. He knows exactly what people are thinking about the content he's creating. So he's an incredible listener mm-hmm. uh, to all forms of feedback. Mm. So the one I gave around the Facebook live stream is just one form of feedback. Mm-hmm. Reading comments and responding to those comments is probably one of the most valuable things we can do. Um, I have a friend, Mir Chattel, uh, that I met with him last weekend and, and we were talking through uh, the product that they uh, market on Amazon. I'm like, well, what do your customers think? They're like, well, they think it's a pretty good product. I'm like, well, no, what exactly do they think? Mm. What do the reviews say? Mm-hmm. And he's like, and, and we went back and we read through each one specifically. I'm like, ah, there, there's a problem that product solves that we haven't talked about. Mm. Like, you know, so reading that feedback is one of the most important things you can do. And that's, that's what I think has made Gary such, um, such a useful guiding source of information for people because he he channels that feedback into what he does next. I see. Right? Like yeah. he's always true to himself, but he's always aware of what um, the value he's providing through those uh, through those mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a wonderful point. I hope. <sighs> We're definitely going to be executing on that strategy, right, Wesley? Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Jim, diving into the next topic here, um, we had a very interesting call just uh, just last week before before you came on the show, and you uh, you mentioned a book that you uh, rec- that you recently read, Atomic Habit, right, by James Clear. Yes. And. In that book, it had a, a wonderful concept called the OKR, right? Um, would you mind expanding on that um, that concept and and how you personally are implementing that in your in your 
venture. Sure. Yeah. Um, those are actually um, two different books. Oh, two different but, books? But very closely related <laughs> in about trying to take concept from, from uh, idea to action. Okay. Um, so the book Atomic Habits is really around uh, – it, it's it's an incredible book. Whether it's audio, text, however you consume it, I would really I, I think it's one of the best books you could read because it's plain English mm-hmm. around um, whatever we're trying to be: mm-hmm. uh, podcast host, uh, video producer, whatever you're trying to be. You're doing things over the course of every day that are tiny little votes mm-hmm. that move you closer to that or mm-hmm. further away. Mm-hmm. And so when you understand those tiny little votes, which are actions, mm-hmm. are moving you close to being a video producer or moving you further away. Mm-hmm. And so when you start to pay attention to that, you're like, well, what if I were to put a structure in place where those tiny little moves happen on a regular basis mm-hmm. on a, and, and they happen in a really important area? And that's so when I got done reading that book. Uh, one of the things it suggests at the end is, uh, you know, crafting your habit. Like, what's the habit you want to create? And mine was like, I need to be more consistent about working on my podcast. Mm. Um, well, how am I going to do that? Well, I got to find time. Okay. Well, what, when's that going to happen? And so he's really specific. You got to set a time. You've got to set a place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got to set a time limit. Like, how long are you going to do it? Mm. So... So at the end of that book, I created a contract mm-hmm. with myself that uh-huh. said, hey, I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. Uh, not every day, seven days a week, because mm-hmm. Wednesdays I go into the city, so I don't do it on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. But I get up at 6 a.m. every day, mm-hmm. and I work on the podcast for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. 10 okay. minutes. And you're like, that's ridiculous. What are you going to do for 10 minutes? Like, that's a waste of time. Uh, it's not. Mm-hmm. Because in that 10 minutes, what you're doing is you're establishing the, you're embedding that habit in your life. Mm-hmm. And so three months from now, that might be 15 minutes. It might be a half an hour. It might be an hour. Um, but even without that, establishing that, uh, that habit mm-hmm. uh, where you're, doing something on a regular basis that's move every day, almost every day, I'm moving slightly closer mm-hmm. every single day. And so no matter what happens, what, no matter whether the dog's got to go to the vet or something happens at work or I've got to create a report late at night, mm-hmm. it's done. From 6 to 6.15, it's done. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but I leverage the contract also. Um, I've got it in my book over there. Mm-hmm. I've got the contract and it's signed by myself. Uh-huh. It's also signed by my wife, uh-huh. by my son, uh-huh. and by my sister. Oh, accountability. Accountability. Hey? So they know I've committed to doing this. Uh-huh. And to prove that I do it, I send them a text message every morning at 6.15 of my screen. Mm-hmm. I have a screenshot that says the time. Mm-hmm. And so I send them a text message. And so now I've got a text message of 33 <laughs> text messages of my screenshot. Uh-huh. And I just send them over to say like, I'm at the desk. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I, mm. I'm honoring my commitment. Mm. And I'm doing it in front of people whose opinion I value quite a bit. Yeah. Right. The so, most. So my wife, my son, my sister, mm-hmm. um, those are, that's a great way to keep me honest mm-hmm. and to uh, to move me a little closer mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. to improving and growing.
Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I appreciate you sharing this, and I think it it probably put a good amount of uh, uh, pressure on you to to fulfill those commitments, right? Or uh, fulfill those uh, would you say commitments or or contract? Contract. Yeah, fulfilling your contract. But you know, on, on the flip side, though, Jim, uh, Jim I, I do think like uh, we we tend to beat ourselves up too much mo- most of the time. Um, you know, there there probably would be days like you probably don't feel like doing this, right? Uh, is that okay? Is that okay to skip one, and then maybe you make it up tomorrow? You know, I I like to think about that because. You know, when we start building our beating ourselves up too much, that's when the negative energy comes in, and that will affect how how that day goes and how the next day goes. So, um, for those who are, and I know Jim probably doesn't miss any days, but if you do miss any days, <laughs> don't beat yourself up. You know, have love for yourself because you have make a decision to make a change, um, and you should applaud yourself for that. So just to clarify, yeah. I have missed. You have. I have missed days. <laughs> um, but James James Clear talks about that. It's uh-huh. like you know when you miss, mm-hmm. and it will happen. Mm. The important thing is don't miss twice. Mm-hmm. You okay. know, don't don't miss twice. And so the I think I've missed one or two days in the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. So and what I did, I I texted the three. I texted my sister, my wife, and my son, and I said. Missed it today. Mm-hmm. I needed sleep. I couldn't. I couldn't do it today. I'm going to get it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's hashtag progress, not perfection. Yeah. Right. And that that's what I try to focus on. It's like it's about progress, not perfection. Am I moving myself closer? Yeah. It's not going to be a straight line. It's not going to be this. Yes. Right. It's it's you're going to have ups and downs. But if you if the votes that you create for yourself every day outweigh the votes that create um, you moving the opposite way. You're gonna you're gonna advance. There's no way you don't succeed. There's no way you don't if you just keep at it. You keep getting a little closer. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit better every day. A little bit every day. All right. Okay. <coughs> well, so you're gonna have a lot lot to to cut. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. What, what's that? Good stuff. Yeah. No, this Good is uh, your questions are great, Eric. Oh, and we haven't got we haven't talked about OKR yet. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So I, I want to <laughs> I want to OKR next. That's a different book. Um, but how did I get those mixed up? Well, we we were talking about different ways to implement, you know, uh, strategies. Obviously, that tells you I haven't read that book yet. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. Don't beat yourself up. Uh, I'm not. I will. I, I have to get. I have to. Uh, but I love that comment too. But the Is, isn't that, that another book by Charles Charles Duhigg, um, The Power of Habits or something? Do you remember? Charles Du Charles Duhigg. I, I do. Duhigg? That sounds familiar. I have not read that book, so either. But, um, but yeah, um, OKRs uh, is uh, which it's the it's the core tenet of a book called Measure What Matters by John Doerr. Mm. Okay. Um, and even John Doerr didn't invent OKRs, but he <coughs> uh, worked with Andy Grove at Intel. Mm. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you about this. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, 
you a baseball fan, right? I am. How did the How did the Sox do? The Sox are opening two and two, two and two. Yeah, yeah. they. Uh, you Sox fan? Yeah, I am a Red Sox fan. Yes. Okay. I remember with the, you know the shirt you wore. Oh, that's right. That's right. I had the Red Sox, the Red Sox <laughs> sweatshirt on. Qua is a big baseball fan. He he grew up playing baseball. That's right. I mean, like he he played he played baseball. Yeah, and then he got injured. I think in college, so that kind of poop. Playing baseball in college is that's quite an accomplishment. Making yeah. a, making to that level. Uh, yeah, I think he, he he I think he played college, and then he he got hurt. Got injured and then got to do something else. Yeah, you got to reinvent <laughs> yourself. <laughs> do you try to go to a Sox game? Like, usually try to get to maybe try to get to one a year. Uh-huh. Um, but I actually, I've got uh, season tickets to the Yankees Double oh. uh, A team, which is right around us down in Somerset. Okay. So, um, so I go down. What's the name? What's the name? Of the the Somerset Patriots. The Patriots. It's their Double A affiliate. Okay. So, uh, so I I take in quite a few games down there because you get to see the young kids coming up. Yeah. Um, and you get to see them from not just the Yankees. Obviously, I'm not a Yankee fan, but I do like seeing You're all not the a kids Yankee coming fans. through there. Is that on record? <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. It's with okay. You. I, 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 I think Gary's a Yankees fan, right? He is. He he's yeah, more like more Yankees than Mets. Definitely more Yankees, I think. Yeah. But he's uh <clears throat> obviously a big Jets fan. Yeah. Knicks. Jets, Knicks, mm-hmm. Yankees. All right. <clears throat> okay. Camera. Got it. Camera on. <clears throat> okay. Oh yes, Jim. How about um, t- tell us about the OKR concept? Yeah. So we we talked about Atomic Habits and about how that's a strategy to build in uh, build in some structure that allows you to move closer to your goals. Mm-hmm. The the other one we talked about was the OKR method, which is objectives and key results. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the one of the other books I would recommend is a book called Measure What Matters by John Doerr. Mm-hmm. And John Doerr was a person who worked with uh, a man named Andy Grove at Intel, mm-hmm. you know, the company that makes all the microprocessors. Mm-hmm. And he tells a story about how when he got to Intel, they were launching a new type of pro- a new type of processor mm-hmm. uh, that was they had a lot of competition in the marketplace. They had uh, I forget who it was. It was Motorola, but somebody was like breathing down their neck mm-hmm. with the the uh, microprocessor. And then so he walked through, you know, how Andy Grove uh, and he implemented this program to. Uh, create a microprocessor that dominated the industry, mm. right? That was kind of their, their, oh, their objective, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But what that looked like in implementation is, well, look, so the objective uh, was to dominate, build this, this processor that dominated the industry. Yes. But to do that, there's 12 different things that had to happen, mm. right? And so each one of those things 
was owned by uh, by a lead. So your your marketing person had to get so much publicity for it. Your product development person had to develop this new processor. Your uh, source uh, your sourcing agent had to uh, find a place that could build the components that you needed for the processor. And so there were all these different pieces that had to be done for you to reach that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, your salespeople had to uh, reach out and uh, to twice as many contacts as they normally would. Your marketing team had to build a story of why this processor was better. Mm-hmm. So everyone had their their job to do, but they all kind of funneled together to that overall objective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I find that to be, um, at least in a, in a broader setting, in a business setting, it's, it's one of the good ways to think about how um, every objective uh, probably has two or three key things that if they happen, mm-hmm. you cannot help but achieve your objective, right? So if you um, want to, if you want to uh, increase revenue by 20%, mm-hmm. you probably have three or four things. Um, I'm going to go to two more trade shows. Um, my sales team is going to call on uh, 50% more clients. We're going to find two more distribution partners. We're going to, and you can lay out these things that if they happen, mm-hmm. it's very unlikely you don't reach your objective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a good way I've found to really try to measure what matters, right? Mm-hmm. To identify the things that are really essential for your success mm-hmm. and to allow people to build their own OKR mm-hmm. that ladders in so that your marketing person that needs to create the story is creating their own OKR, mm-hmm. all right? So I need to create a story of why this processor is better. Now, to do that, I need research. So I, I'm going to ask my research person to provide me research. I'm going to ask my designer to create a visual that shows why this this makes sense. Mm. So like you can see it, it's like a Russian nesting doll mm-hmm. that all these uh, this large OKR has all these little OKRs that fit within it. And if it's not easy to do, but it is simple. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Simple is not easy, but 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 simple can be really powerful. Mm. Well, so so in a way, do you um, from a, a planning perspective, right, uh, or strategy planning perspective, like would you recommend doing those OKRs as the person that makes the decision, right? Either you're a business owner or executive, or would you recommend formulating those OKRs with your team? That is an excellent question. The the way it is most effective mm-hmm. is when it comes from the top down. Mm-hmm. Because if the president or the CEO mm-hmm. is saying, this is my OKR, and so at Intel, all OKRs are public. Mm-hmm. You can go look at anyone else's OKR, and you can see what their, their goal, what their objective is, and what the key results are mm-hmm. that lead to that objective. Mm-hmm. Um, if, it's, if it's established at the head, Mm-hmm. at the top of the company mm. it's much more effective now i could have i could have a, a ceo or a president that says hey i want you to accomplish x mm-hmm. okay i could build an okr around x mm-hmm. what 
what does happen is that that CEO can come back next week and say, forget about X. I want you to do Y. Mm. Right. Which that happens. <laughs> but if it comes from the top down and you can say, hey, our objective was X. Mm. Are we still doing X or are we going to change it? Because you can change your you can change your OKR, but you have to make that conscious decision to say, all right, we said we were going to go here. We've discussed and we changed our minds and we're now going to go here. Mm. So that's a wonderful point, because in a way, I would think that it would be more effective if it was flowing from the bottom. Right. The objectives are, you know, you ask the team, you know, what do you want to accomplish? What, what do you want to see, you know, three, six, nine months from now or a year from now? And that way, they are the ones that have the uh, they will have buy in what they say, kind of like. If it's coming from the top, right? You know, mm-hmm. the, the CEO would have buy-in in what, what he's telling you to do. So it just contradict a little bit diff, uh, contradicts with what my initial thoughts were, and I and and I'm willing to open to uh, explore the advantage of that. <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think that's that thought is what a lot of CEOs might have is mm. that. Um, I want this person at this level to pursue this project with this concept and I want it to be like a virus mm-hmm. and I want it to kind of spread and and uh, that concept to spread at the grassroots level and work its way up. Mm. I haven't seen it work that way. I see. I, I, I haven't. I don't have a lot of examples of that working. I've mm-hmm. had a lot of examples of that not working. Mm-hmm. But when but when you have. um when you have a leader that's committed to really kind of putting their ass on the line and saying, this is exactly where we're going. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is where we're all going to push to get there. And I need your ideas and your plans and your thoughts on what's the best thing that you can do with your resources. That's going to support that overall objective. Mm. Like in war, right? Without, without vision, people perish. It certainly makes things easier. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, diving into the next topic, Jim, we okay? We're good. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that uh, um, atomic bomb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, thank you for sharing the atomic habits and the OKR with us here. But diving into the next story, uh, the next topic. All right. Um, so currently, Jim, you are the... Um, the chief digital officer for a company called uh, Modern Luxury Media, Correct. which is a, um, a media company offering over 80 plus important luxury brands, so to speak, right? Um, access to the, to the most affluent audience all across the United States. And as an executive of a, of a high, high profile media company, you still carve out time and energy to to start your passion project which is your your podcast the great unfamous um and when you told me the the premise of the show which is really highlighting people in our lives now today who are still alive who have made it make it, um, a significant impact on on us mm-hmm. uh i thought it was very very interesting way because we when we talk talk about ways to honor someone you know, 
we hear a lot of that at funerals, right? Um, but very often we don't, I don't think we do enough in real life while the person is still with us today. Um, I think it's just a, such a great way to honor someone that has made an impact for us. And your guests have done a phenomenal, you know, they, they were, I listened to a few of your shows and um, very impressed and very touched by the people that were, that made a significance in their lives and the lesson that, that, um, that they have learned from them. So um, share with us, what is, uh, you know, what is the, this vision you have with this passion project of yours and, um, and how, how, can, how, how can the audience really benefit the most from it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate the, the opportunity to, to talk about it. Yeah. The, um, the, the basic premise is that we want to talk to, I want to talk to people that have uh, taken time out of their life to lift other people up. Mm. And so those are, those are unique people. And generally, those people are all around us, mm. right? So they may not have given a TED Talk. They may not have authored a book. They may not have a million followers on Instagram, um, but they are impacting people's lives. Mm -hmm. And so when when I find those people, come across those people, I talk to them, understand why and how they do it. But I also want to understand who was it that taught them to think that way mm -hmm. like, or who was really influential in in their development. And so. That is almost an algorithm, mm -hmm. right? It's a human algorithm for uncovering hidden information, mm. right? So uh, a person who I respect and does great work in, in helping other people move forward, mm. learning about what it is that helped them along their way, uh, has uncovered some tremendous stories of people I never would have met, that I never would have learned about, and they have incredible lessons mm -hmm. to share. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they're they're most cases are kind of everyday people mm -hmm. that uh, that would fly under the radar, mm -hmm. and you wouldn't necessarily hear about them. But their lessons are incredibly impactful. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I'm sure all all of your guests did a wonderful job uh, on your show, right? I think you got about a, a dozen, a little over a dozen of them. Um, can you can you tell me who's the one that made the most impact? <laughs> or, like, or it's unfair to ask yeah it's like uh, what was my favorite my favorite child um they, well i think i think there's some that are like more surprising mm -hmm. than others i think they all provide a great value or benefit mm -hmm. um but i know uh kate bradley chernis who is a, a founder of a company called lately mm -hmm. um has a really interesting story and when i learned of you know who is your who is your greatest influence it was a woman named Johnette Hartnett mm -hmm. and Johnette, uh, so when I interviewed her and, and learned about her story, it, it's a tragic story with an incredibly positive ending. Mm -hmm. um, and so this, uh, Kate's aunt, uh, Johnette Hartnett was a woman who lost all three children mm -hmm. in a house fire, uh, in her, in her thirties, incredibly devastating uh, i can't think of a worse thing to happen to someone in mm -hmm. their life and how she recovered from that how she rebuilt her life and what she did after that which was 
go back to school and get her master's, then get her doctorate, and then found um, the, Dis the National Disabilities Foundation and go to uh, Washington, D.C. and lobby for this organization that helps millions of people with disabilities. Mm. Like that story alone is a signal to me that, that, that we're on the right track, mm -hmm. right? Here's a woman I would never have met, mm -hmm. incredibly inspirational, mm -hmm. who was simply just a, a person that inspired somebody I knew. Mm. Um, and so those are the kinds of stories that, uh, that I think are worthy of exposure. Um, one other quick one is a, a, a friend of mine, Mir Chattel, um, his greatest influence was his grandfather in Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. And he grew up in a very, uh, a very poor town outside Rangpur in Bangladesh. And his grandfather is basically like the town He's like a mayor. Oh, the, the mayor. Like, yeah. like the mayor. <laughs> He's the mayor. He's the school board. He's the therapist. Yeah, yeah. He's the financial counselor. He's the bank. He's, and like this incredible man that has helped this community and develop and and promote education and, and getting kids educated and uh, teaching them how to um, advance and, and move on to uh, get jobs and come back and help the community. Mm -hmm. So those are the kinds of people that you're not going to come across in your Twitter feed mm -hmm. uh, or your or your Instagram feed or on TV. Uh, they're they're really inspirational and they're they're just everyday heroes that that do their work mm -hmm. uh, without recognition. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that, Jim. Uh, and we certainly do not want you not to listen to his podcast because of what he just said. Okay, we want you to listen to it. Get learn. Get the maybe maybe you will learn a different lesson than what Jim has shared. Right, because every every person looks at information differently, right? Um, but definitely go check it out. The great and famous. All right. Um, moving into the uh, the 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 next topic. Right, I think this is a. Uh, I don't know if you even know this, but for you to, um, no, because in in your show, right? Uh, not in your show, but. In your um, uh, uh, what is that? The website? How you call it? Oh, website the, the about or origins. Yeah, the about the or yeah in the origin um, the article about the origin of your show. All right, and there was um, uh, one question. In fact, you know the, the the secret of the great and famous unlocked by one simple question, and the question was name. The one person alive today who had the most positive impact in your life. Uh, I'm not going to ask you who they are because the answers are in the article, right? Uh, it was um, uh, Jason Hoffman, who was a martial artist and also, I guess, a mental toughness coach. Yeah. Uh, Dave Thompson, which is your brother, mm -hmm. uh, a, a former attorney that turned teacher, became mm -hmm. a, a teacher. History, right? Yes. And also Andy Cranek, who is part of, uh, who was part of Team Gary. Now he's uh, in charge of the uh, V Friends, right? Mm -hmm. 
the NFT platform, and also Amy Sullivan, the uh, the lovely PT who worked with your son Will, uh, yes. growing up. So go ahead and read that article. It's, it's very insightful. Um, so I'm not going to ha- ask you to talk about them, okay? Um, but I just I do want to talk about how you know the the your ability I guess to identify someone's gift is a gift in itself. And I think as a as a leader of any organization or, or a manager or someone that um, you know that have other people uh, working with you or for you, uh, I think it's an incredible skill or, or or gift to have to be able to recognize that person's gift. And I think um, when you do recognize someone's gift and with the proper proper challenge for that person, that will help that person gain a new identity to become a better self, you know, a better producer, a better so-and-so. So you might not recognize it, but that's the gift that I see in you, that you're able to identify someone's gift rather rather easily. It's like natural, right? Um, talk to us about how, how that has helped you, you know, as a, you know, as a father, as a husband, as a, as a manager, as a, as a executive, uh, at your company. Well, you know, I think, uh, if you ask my wife, mm-hmm. she'll, she'll tell you that I embarrass her mm-hmm. on a regular basis sometimes by asking people very deep or pointed questions. Uh-huh. And because I, that journalist in me at heart, it's like, I like to ask questions. I like to learn about like, what are you at your core? Mm. Right. And so like getting to like what people, uh, what really drives them, what, what's important to them. Mm. And I think the, you know, finding, finding people's, how people contribute is a lot of times it's a surprise to them. Mm. That that's why, you know, when you talk about what people can do and to think about about the people in your life because there's there's definitely more than one Mm -hmm. you think about the people in your life that were impactful that helped you during a specific juncture and maybe it was a six month period or maybe it was a six day period Mm -hmm. but they were really impactful you like like amy did for six years or seven years yeah working with yeah yeah uh and then you guys had to move back to jersey yeah and alex sullivan was that for me yeah Um, and the, but the important part is that you start this circle or this cycle of, of kindness and, and action, Mm. right? Because by letting that person know that they had that kind of dramatic impact on you, one, they probably didn't know it Mm. Two, uh, it is a gift to them. Mm. And three, it might encourage them to do more of that in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, I didn't realize I was that impactful. Mm-hmm. I could probably do that with this other person that I'm working with or supporting or guiding. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then they can start thinking about the person that impacted them. Mm-hmm. And so there's that, it, it can kind of build this cycle of gratitude that yields people who feel better, mm-hmm. people that are sharing it paying it forward mm-hmm. people that are learning lessons mm-hmm. so like when i had this concept i'm like there's so much good that mm-hmm. can come out of this mm-hmm. in a number of different ways uh, 
it was it was something that I, I felt like it, it really was a passion project or it is a passion project that I think is probably my best ability to bring something good to this world. Mm. That's amazing, Jim. Um, I'm so glad you're doing this passion project with the busy schedule, chaotic stuff that's going on. Um, what, what do you see the, the, the future of that show, the, 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 this project? Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or are you just doing it because it's, this is just a passion of yours with no, no reasons? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to circle back to the beginning of the podcast here. Yeah. So uh-huh. uh, one, so I can call up Tanya Yuki and tell her that I did write that book okay. and I did publish it and here's uh-huh. a copy of it. Uh-huh. So I think, I think in the next, uh, I would say probably after season three, I'll have enough, I'll have enough information and, and uh, interviews to to write a book. Mm. So so all these podcasts that you're doing are basically topics for material for your future piece that, of writing. That oh, is the plan. Wow, that is the plan. Yeah, yeah taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, man, our video guy just gave us the cue this is the time but uh man this is amazing amazing 45 minutes with you jim um i'm so glad you're here and thank you from the bottom of my heart otherwise um without really your 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 push um this podcast would not happen so thank you well you're you're an incredible role model for the people that are watching this and listening to this now uh, of what's possible when you commit to doing the things that you know are right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is, this podcast is a great example of it. And so I'm incredibly proud of you. And, uh, uh, and I, I know that you're just scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. So off because we got a good team behind us. (laughs) Yes, you do. All right. So it's a wrap. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. All right. Good and good. Yes, lots of clicks. Whew. How are you feeling? I feel wow. That was uh, that was great. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize like it's uh, wait, it's I don't normally talk about. I don't really talk that much. I don't really talk about myself that much. But it was. It was Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, this is Jim. I had waffles for breakfast. I love waffles. With chicken? Fried chicken? Oh, no, that's a good idea. But no, <laughs> no no, waffle, no chicken with the waffles. <laughs> uh, hello, hello. Thank you. You want a show, uh, soda? Yep. We're comfortable sitting here because I, I missed the setting for this. There's not like distance. Is the camera okay with with the? Uh, <coughs> mm-hmm.
Yeah, I'm comfortable here. You good? Thank you guys. Just we're gonna have some fun, Jim. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> you are. You should be directing us how to do this thing. No, no. I, <laughs> trust me. I, just you know? five minutes with Wesley. I'm already. I'm already like. Yep. Okay. You're right. That's a good kick in the mm. in the tail. You say like, you need to get on TikTok. Okay. So okay. I try to listen to the universe when it speaks to me, and you know Wesley's saying that. It's like, yep. Mm. When something needs to happen, it echoes. You hear it over and over, and it's like, oh, if it's echoing, it means you should be doing it. That's very true. <clears throat> yeah, it's a nice two camera setup. It's very nice. Mm. All right, he looks good. So I'm going to be looking this way most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just say something to him real quick, just so I can see. Um, mm-hmm. Pretend to start the podcast. Like okay. So, James, good to have you. I hope you had a good drive. Didn't bump into any any pedestrian. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm going to hit record on both cameras. I'll let you know when that one's going off. We'll see me probably walking in between and then this is this is already recording it's already recording Mm. Um, okay hey jim welcome to the show eric thanks for having me it's great to be here so you know i'm gonna take a moment to take us back the moment that we met how we met at uh, at the Great Wine Library. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, uh, remember it was Black Friday, 2022. Oh yeah. Uh, we were at a uh, special bottle signing event by Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, most known as, and we were standing in line for about two hours with about a few hundred people. You remember that? Absolutely. And uh, what? I thought was a going to be a long wait in line. It blew by so quickly because of the conversation that, that we had. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah. And in fact, um, the, the two hour conversation that we had in line was what transpired in this podcast formation. And I have to thank you for, uh, for pushing me in that direction. And um, and I don't know if you remember the, the the one question that you asked me about the podcast, and do you remember that? I, I do. Uh huh. What was it? <laughs> the question was was when can I listen to it? When can you listen to it? And you know, I think in life, right, you have uh, people that can give you motivating thoughts, okay, but there are also people that will move you towards action. And I think that simple question that you asked uh, uh, and the culmination of the entire conversation was what moved me towards taking those actions. Um, So I really thank you for it, Jim. And audience, um, give him a like. (laughs) So without his his push push question, I probably was still thinking about how this podcast was going to come about. Well, I... Eric, I'm, I'm glad there's any value you found from that conversation. Uh, makes me feel great. Um, but 
I definitely got to give credit to somebody that asked me a question like that, that, that had a very similar effect, mm-hmm. uh, which was a conversation I had with Tanya Yuki, mm-hmm. uh, who is the, she, who's one of the guests on your show. One of the guests on, on, on my podcast uh-huh. where, uh, I met with her. She's a founder, uh, super incredible entrepreneur, now the CMO of, uh, Comscore. But, uh, I met with her and I said, uh, hey, I, she said, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I said, well, I don't know. I said, I think I want to write a book. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, that's amazing. That's incredible. She said, when can I read it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, I, I Oh, didn't. so you stole that question I from did. her. I 100% <laughs> stole it. From, and and that, that question really, um, it really was uh, a wake-up call for me. Mm-hmm to that thought around the the difference between going from idea to uh, to a working concept to putting into action mm-hmm. is where most people where most people go by the wayside mm-hmm. it's like i have an idea but it's the but yeah it, it's the but i i would do this but and you realize everyone who's ever executed an idea mm-hmm. has the same buts but mm-hmm. they fought through them Mm. And they made it happen just like you did yeah. with this, with this podcast. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I, I totally agree. It's like, you know, when we look at people that have uh, significant results in life, you know, either in business or personal, right? Uh, I think that there's always that fear in their head, right? About whether they should or should not do it. Um, most of the time they, the fear really stop them from doing it. Right. Um, but for those who have pushed through, right? You know, the definition of courage is acting, doing it in spite of the fear, mm-hmm. right? So great point, Jim. Um, well, we're gonna dive into our, our conversation today. We got a lot of stuff to cover. And first, you know, maybe uh, share with the audience, you know, a little bit of your, your background, your personal journey and how uh, how your experience uh, have taught you things that I guess uh, how business can be crafting the story because I know you came from a, uh, a journalist right mm-hmm. background and to me journalist is is a storyteller right Absolutely. so please <clears throat> yeah well I'll uh, I'll give you the abridged version which is you know in short uh, I. I I do think of myself as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was born and raised a reporter, writer, uh, editor. So I've I've worked at newspapers, TV stations, magazines, mm-hmm. and digital properties. So mm-hmm. um, Dallas Morning News, uh, CBS affiliate in Houston, uh, Fox Interactive, Billboard, Hollywood Reporter. So all the mainstream mainstream media channels yeah and, wow. and that's a good point like all uh-huh. legacy media properties oh you call them legacy now well media properties <laughs> have been around exist. for a while right <laughs> so they've, they've been around for a few uh a few decades uh-huh. um and really helping them start to uncover their digital footprint like mm. what does that look like when you reimagine a media property uh that has 100 years of print history what does it look like when you reimagine it in a digital format okay so um, 
So yeah, so, so that's kind of like a new thing you were starting, right? I mean, when when you talk about digital digitalize the 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 IPs, right? That they have and how how they transform that and pa- well, I guess we package it in a different format, maybe to to present to the audience is yeah. I, and I think that was that that journey has happened over and over again. Uh-huh. It's, it's not about well, how do we take what we're doing here and just put it on this platform? Mm-hmm. And that's not really the way to execute that. It's really about thinking about this creation you have mm-hmm. in this one environment and reimagining it. What would it look like in this environment if I started it from scratch? Right. Mm-hmm. So um, we were talking right before we started this podcast, uh, you know, about what is transitioning a podcast from an audio format into YouTube. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's not about just taking 60 minutes of video and throwing it up on YouTube, Mm -hmm. right? It's about thinking about what's the part that makes sense. Mm -hmm. What does the format look like? How does the storytelling shift? What Mm -hmm. is that audience looking for differently on YouTube than they are Apple podcasts? Mm -hmm. So taking those things into consideration at a larger level at media properties is really what a a lot of my career has been about is Mm -hmm. is helping uh, legacy media properties reimagine themselves in a digital in a digital world. Mm-hmm. Um, so the biggest jump in my career was taking, going from storytelling in, in text, audio, video forms mm-hmm. to storytelling in data. So probably about 10, 15 years into my career, I started dabbling with uh, analytics. Mm-hmm. And when I learned that this was another way to tell stories. Mm. Uh, Can you give me an example of uh, maybe? Yeah, I think uh, we were at Fox Interactive and we were looking at the analytics of what content is performing well. Mm. And in your head, you're thinking, well, it's the best stories, the most important stories we do on air are going to be the most important stories online. Mm. That's not what we saw. Mm. In fact, uh, what we found was it was the stories that we wrote originally for the web that Mm -hmm. performed the best because we wrote, we covered topics that were more timely, more uh, conversational driven, that were more useful, that were more um, provided more value to the audience than a repackaged two minute video segment from Mm -hmm. a newscast. I see. So that's what I think a lot of media properties make the mistake is like, I have this gigantic library of content. All I need to do is cut it up and put it online yeah. and people will flock to it and they won't. I see. <laughs> they I generally see. won't. So you're like a mad scientist, so to speak <laughs> in, <laughs> some days, in the some media days. world. <laughs> sure. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think that's th- that, that ability. And it's not just media. It's, it's us, right? We're mm-hmm. reimagining ourselves in different, environments mm. what does eric chow look like pre-covid versus post-covid mm-hmm. i would assume there's some better new... better looking hopefully yes no. yes <laughs> yes but, but the, I, uh, I have to ask my wife for that <laughs> <laughs> um but look i think the i think that reinvention mm-hmm. the 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 interest and the ability and you know the lack of fear or not working through the fear of reinventing yourself Mm -hmm. is uh it it opens a lot of doors um but it is a very fearful process to reinvent yourself Mm -hmm. because what if it doesn't go well 
Mm-hmm. What if people laugh at me? What if, mm-hmm. um, you know, what if this is the wrong decision? Mm-hmm. All of those things pop up and prevent you like, I'll just stay where I am. Mm-hmm. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that, that history of reinvention, I think, is a, is a great one for anyone to think about on a regular basis. Over the course of your life, you're going to need to reinvent yourself mm-hmm. five, six, nine, 12 times. Well, that's a great message for the business owners who is listen who are listening, right? I mean, they say um, <clears throat> change is the only thing const- that is constant, and um, I think um, a lot of businesses today, um, and my ours included too, you know, could really do a a better job in communicating our stories. Um, or, or telling our stories, right? Um, and th- and I think that's the part. I think Jim, you you could shine some light on on, you know, how can wh- what can businesses do today, right, in today's environment with the platforms that we have, um, to to tell the story better, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, I think one of the things, and I'm listening to. Uh, Kuali, your one of your your first podcast guests, mm. uh, talked about you know the thought of creating a logo and a slogan is creating a brand, mm-hmm. and it is it is not. It's like waking up in the morning, right? Yeah, it, 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 you still have to brush your teeth and eat your breakfast. <laughs> yeah, so you know when you talk about storytelling in your business, um, your business is what you do every day. Mm-hmm. Like your brand is what you do every day, and people start to know you for. Mm-hmm. So I always like the elevator description of your brand is that if uh, Wesley and I were in an elevator together and he says, you know, um, oh, let me tell you about my friend so-and-so, uh, uh, he's the blank guy, mm-hmm. right? So just in that little conversation of like, uh, or you introduce me to Wesley, you know, oh, you know, Wesley, he's my, you know, he's my video podcast guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. That's your brand, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> I said he's the magic behind the madness. <laughs> the magic behind the, which is a much better title. <laughs> um, but the, but that conversation of he is the blank guy, mm-hmm. she is the blank woman. Mm-hmm. Um, that blank, that's your brand, mm-hmm. right? So it's not the name on the door. It's not the the domain that you registered. It's what people say when they explain. Mm-hmm. Who, who is that person again? Mm-hmm, or who, mm-hmm. what do they do? Mm. That's your brand. Mm. So when you think about storytelling, um, I think about stories that relate to that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a, as a business or anyone that provides a, a product or a service, mm-hmm. uh, I like to try and think about what is the value proposition, mm-hmm. right? So I'm in media. I always think about what is the content we create and what's the value that provides for the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, But as a business owner, it's the same thing. What, what is the product or service that I'm providing and what is the problem that it solves or what is the opportunity that it unlocks? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's really what people care about. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. are you going to help me relieve this pain that I have? Yeah. Um, Or are you going to help me uh, unlock more free time or Mm -hmm. more revenue or, more enjoyment yeah um understanding your value proposition uh, as it relates to that elevator brand Mm -hmm. 
is where your storytelling process starts. Yeah. And, and you know, Jim, you, you, I, I appreciate you brought up this point because that reminded me of a conversation that we had on the phone. I think it was our first, I wouldn't say consultation call because you didn't, you didn't send me an invoice, but thank you for that. Sure. Um, in fact, you know, I think the, the, when we were thinking about this podcast, right, we, one challenge I had at that time was thinking of different topics to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you had a, you just asked me a wonderful question. You just, you asked me, so what are the, what are the top one, well, write down the top 100 questions that you get from your clients, you know, and all of those answers to those questions, the answers to those questions would become the topics yeah. that you want to talk about. And, um, I think that's a really, for anyone who's kind of struggling with coming up with content or, topics for whatever shows they want to do i think that's really a, a a great exercise to do and i got to like 15 that my mind just got to started drifting yeah. <laughs> but it really takes some work takes some really thinking so what is it that i really do to help customers and that's the co- kind of the core of the question right what is it that we do to help customers it's a great exercise mm-hmm. because really what you're doing is you're putting yourself in the in the shoes of the customer. Yes. And you're saying like, you've got all kinds of pressures on you uh-huh. and demands. Uh-huh. But what you're what it's really difficult to do is like, all right, let's forget that I'm Eric Chow for a second. Uh-huh. And let's say I am the person I'm speaking with. Mm-hmm. What does that person need? What does that person want? What is that person afraid of? Mm-hmm. Um, what is that person excited about? And when you start to think about it from that perspective, then you say like, oh, well, I can help you solve that problem. Mm. Or I know why you shouldn't be worried about this. Mm -hmm. That's the value you're providing, Mm. right? But you gotta be able to flip it and get out of your your own head, which is hard because we're very important people to ourselves. Mm -hmm. There's very few people that are more important than ourselves, Uh right? But if you can start to think about what, what that person's perspective is, that customer, that client, it starts to unlock the ways that you can help them that are going to be really meaningful mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I've got a new, I've got a new piece of software and I want to show it off. So you should use my new software. Well, that mm-hmm. might not be helpful to them. Mm-hmm. It might not solve the problem they have. Mm-hmm. Right? So um, cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great exercise is to ask those questions. Thank you. <clears throat> we only did one question, brother. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Oh shoot! Wow. All right, we'll pick it up, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's like, hurry. That was clipworthy, by the way. Which one? Um, I have terrible memory, but it's the way you said, uh, like, just the mentality when it comes to like helping people, um, seeing what they need. Right. I was like, it's interesting because I'm making uh, the next video is going to be this tattoo artist, and that kind of made me think like, what is she afraid of? And the thing is, her page is very lacking. Um, she's obviously afraid of you know having a page that just isn't as popular, and I can help her out with that. Making like high quality videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really thought of like her fears. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. And just any other things I can come up with. Just 
seeing it from her perspective. Yeah. And being afraid of the video that has three views. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like, like, oh, mm-hmm. I've got a video up on my YouTube mm-hmm. account that has three views. Mm-hmm. That's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are going people are to think that's funny, that I'm a joke, that that's not real, mm-hmm. that we're not a real thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like everybody has, everyone starts with mm-hmm. a video with three views. Yeah. 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 Everybody starts there. So, like, you got to get over that fear of uh, the power of zero. <laughs> you can only go up. There you go. <laughs> one view, it increased 100%. Uh-huh. Are yeah. you going to cut that one? <laughs> power of zero. You're filming me. You're filming me. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you that's That's a tip that I've learned from the podcast, too, is that when we wrap, Mm. And then I have that post conversation after the podcast is over. Mm. I always roll on that because some of the best stories come out of that post conversation. And I'll ask them permission. I'll like, Hey, we talked about this thing after we finished the podcast. Uh-huh. Can I include that? Yeah. I've gotten really good nuggets that come out after the post conversation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I always roll. I always keep rolling after the, I'm like, okay, we're out. I, I've been tempted to <clears throat> post the audio differently from the video. Kind of like Spotify took a little bit longer. Because we're still rolling in terms of like you guys being picked up and recorded. I just don't have your perspective. And I don't like to not use your perspective you're saying something. Because it, it'd be, we'd be looking at Eric while you're talking for like 30 right. seconds. Gotcha. But yeah, no, like that is true. Like I'll call intermission or the podcast will end. And then Eric and the guest will say something really cool. And it's like, it's like please stop talking. We're going to talk about Team Gary next. So okay, keep, great. Yeah. That, that's actually a good segue to Team <clears throat> Gary, too, because they're always rolling. Mm-hmm. Always rolling. How, how big is that team now? I mean, when so I left, it was probably in the teens? low low 20s. like Low 20s? Yeah. Jesus. All right. Um, we're about ready to go. What do you need to do? Restaurant or anything like that? Nope. I'm good. Are you good? Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. We have about 20 minutes. Um, so what I'm going to do is I don't want to like interrupt, but I'll probably place my phone on the table versus settling. That's kind of saying like, oh, we have five minutes until I can do that again. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Got it. Okay, cool. Ooh. All right. Yeah, phone on the table, five minutes. So okay. like try and wrap up whatever you're doing. All right. Yeah. Well, Jim, um, bring us back to the day we met again. Uh, while we were standing standing in line, right, um, I was kind of um, surprised actually to find out that you were uh, working with the Team Gary, you know, which is the the personal branding team that Gary Vaynerchuk had, mm-hmm. still has, um, for about two years. And you know, the the reason why is it was surprising to me because. I go, wow, Jim, you you obviously know Gary, right? You know the team. You know a lot of people that were working at that event at that, you know, that day. You know, why would you be standing in line with the rest of like a few hundred people? And, you know, your response um, told me so much about you as a person and how humble you are. Um, I don't know if you remember what you said to me, but um, you told me, you know, I'm, I'm just like everybody else. You know, I don't see why I should just walk up to to the upstairs and get my bottle signed and get out of there. Um, that tells me how humble you are as a person. 
and you know and just a quality I truly admire um, and I think people can show more their character by what they do than what they say and um, that was one testament of, uh, of that true core uh, character that you have um, and on top of that um, God, what else what, what else truck uh, but anyway so let, let's move on uh, you let, let me make a quick comment on that yeah um, what's what's interesting about that is it actually harkens back to I've I know a lot of videos I, I know Gary's videos backwards and forwards yeah um, but there, there's a video that, that Gary talks about where he's at a he's at a conference mm-hmm. and he's and he says everyone in this room is thinking about how they can get to talk with me, mm-hmm. how they can pitch me their idea, how mm-hmm. they can ask me a question. And you know, we'll do some of that at the end of this. But what you should be thinking about is the person sitting to your left and mm-hmm. the person sitting to your right. Mm-hmm. Those are the people you should be talking to mm-hmm. because those are the people that are gonna be building the businesses mm-hmm. over the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And those are the people. So when you talk about that day and the line, I enjoyed that conversation thoroughly mm. and it, it just drove home the fact that like you need to be, have your eyes open for what's around you mm. and being open to that because look at us today. Yeah. We're sitting here. We're having a great conversation. We're going to talk about other other things as, as they pop up, but that never would have happened if I had tried to go to the front of the line and say, hey, man, can you just sneak me in real quick? Yeah, can you I, sign this bottle for I my wife? Like everyone's yeah. here to say hi to Gary. Like so, and it was a great opportunity for me. Yes, yes, and I—I st- I don't know if you remember, but you told me that day you—you you were actually thinking about not being there, because <laughs> I mean it's Black Friday, right? Day after Thanksgiving, you know, like you know, it's like, do I really want to stay in line for a couple hours, you know? But I think in life, fifty um, percent of winning is just showing up. No, hundred percent. And the fact that you showed up. And, and you showed up as you are, you know, and your humble self and standing in line waiting for Gary, just like everybody else. And and that is to me, you know, that's the kind of quality of the people with that kind of quality. Those are the people that I want to be around and continue to learn from. Um, so without much ado, let's dive into your experience <laughs> working with uh, Team Gary. I, I think uh, that's. The, the way that, you know, and thank you, Gary, right? Without you, we wouldn't have met. And if you're listening, props to you. Um, uh, you know, he has a you know, couple dozen of people, you know, helping him with his personal branding uh, management. Um, but, you know, share with us, you know, how, how that opportunity came about for you and what was that experience like? And are there any behind the scene secret sauce that we should know about <laughs> without without jeopardizing the relationship obviously <laughs> sure sure um yeah the, the secret sauce is incredible focus and thoughtful mm-hmm. uh thoughtful experimentation mm. you know um gary is <clears throat> gary is a tremendous teacher mm-hmm. uh a great person, incredibly driven, uh, and really forces everyone to raise their game. Mm-hmm. So his 
his team, uh, his personal brand team, the the people I got to meet there, the people I got to work with, mm. <clears throat> were uh, were beyond compare. I've never worked with a team like that. I I I don't think I'll ever work with another team like that. Mm. Uh, they're uh, I've never worked with a more positive minded, solution oriented um, group that were passionate about what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Gary's ability to assemble a team like that uh, is uh, a superpower. Mm. You know, it is the, the Avengers team for, uh, for, for Gary. And, and I learned a ton. I hope I brought some things to the team that helped them evolve and grow. But mm-hmm. uh, I can tell you for a fact, I learned more from that team than I taught that team. Mm, okay, maybe can you share one, one, two ma- major? Oh, there's so golden nugget that you got. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how many lightning strikes there were, <laughs> but there were a ton of, uh, there were a ton of little little charges. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, throughout the course of those those years, um, uh, Jake Levy mm. and I were working on. How can we extract more learnings Mm -hmm. from the videos that are already created? Mm. And so one of the things we did was we uh, we discovered that like, oh, if you look at uh, if you look at Facebook live stream, you get spikes in your metrics that show where um, engagement increased or attention increased. And so you could look through a 30, 40 minute video and you could see spikes of where the audience resonated okay and then you go back and say oh well that's a that there's a 30 40 minute video but there's a two minute segment in there that's probably worthy of an ig clip an oh. instagram clip uh-huh. um and so we would and that's something that that jake levy and i discovered together and it was kind of a light bulb moment uh-huh. um and it felt like you're discovering penicillin yeah you know um, i mean it, it, it sounds so um I guess I wouldn't say common, but it's, it is, no, I mean, these are the things that we, as business owners, we can go back and look at, right? Whatever content that, that we create, we can look at those trends, right? And implement the, the strategy that mm-hmm. was discovered. I mean, but you guys did it way at the beginning, at the beginning of the game, right? And now it's just kind of like become well-accepted fact. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, you know, that's that's probably a little more advanced technique of how to try to understand. Uh-huh. But at the core of what Gary does is he listens. Mm. He listens at an incredible level. Um, so when you think about the comments on his posts, mm-hmm. he reads all of those. Mm. He knows exactly what people are thinking about the content he's creating. So he's an incredible listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, to all forms of feedback. Mm. So the one I gave around the Facebook live stream is just one form of feedback. Mm -hmm. Reading comments and responding to those comments is probably one of the most valuable things we can do. Um, I have a friend, Mir Chattel, uh, that I met with him last weekend and and we were talking through uh, the product that they uh, market on Amazon. I'm like, well, what do your customers think? They're like, well, they think it's a pretty good product. I'm like, well, no, what exactly do they think? Mm. What do the reviews say? Mm-hmm. 
And he's like, and, and we went back and we read through each one specifically. I'm like, ah, there, there's a problem that product solves that we haven't talked about. Mm. Like, you know, so reading that feedback is one of the most important things you can do. And that's, that's what I think has made Gary such, um, such a useful guiding source of information for people because he, he channels that feedback into what he does next. I see. Right. Like he's always true to himself, but he's always aware of what um, the value he's providing through those, uh, through those mechanisms. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's wonderful point. I hope uh, we're definitely going to be executing on that strategy. Right. Wesley. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, Jim diving into the next topic here. Um, we had a very interesting call just uh, just last week before before you came on the show, and you uh, you mentioned a book that you uh, rec- that you recently read, Atomic Habit, right, by James Clear. Yes. And in that book, it had a, a wonderful concept called the OKR, right? Um, would you mind expanding on that um, that concept and and how you personally are implementing that in your in your venture? Sure. Yeah. Um, those are actually um, two different books. Oh, two different but, books, but very closely related <laughs> in about trying to take concept from from uh, idea to action. Okay. Um, so the book Atomic Habits is really around. Uh, it, it's it's an incredible book. Whether it's audio, text, however you consume it, I would really I, I think it's one of the best books you could read because it's plain English mm-hmm. around um, whatever we're trying to be: mm-hmm. uh, podcast host, uh, video producer, whatever you're trying to be. You're doing things over the course of every day that are tiny little votes mm-hmm. that move you closer to that or mm-hmm. further away. Mm-hmm. And so when you understand those tiny little votes, which are actions, mm-hmm. are moving you close to being a video producer or moving you further away. Mm-hmm. And so when you start to pay attention to that, you're like, well, what if I were to put a structure in place where those tiny little moves happen on a regular basis mm-hmm. on a, and, and they happen in a really important area? And that's so when I got done reading that book. Uh, one of the things it suggests at the end is, uh, you know, crafting your habit. Like, what's the habit you want to create? And mine was like, I need to be more consistent about working on my podcast. Mm. Um, well, how am I going to do that? Well, I got to find time. Okay. Well, what, when's that going to happen? And so he's really specific. You got to set a time. You've got to set a place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got to set a time limit. Like, how long are you going to do it? Mm. So, so at the end of that book, I created a contract. Mm-hmm. with myself that uh-huh. said, hey, I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. Uh, not every day, seven days a week, because mm-hmm. Wednesdays I go into the city, so I don't do it on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. But I get up at 6 a.m. every day, mm-hmm. and I work on the podcast for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. 10 okay. minutes. And you're like, that's ridiculous. What are you going to do for 10 minutes? Like, that's a waste of time. Uh, it's not. Mm-hmm. Because in that 10 minutes... What you're doing is you're establishing the, you're embedding that habit in your life. 
Mm -hmm. And so three months from now, that might be 15 minutes. It might be a half an hour. It might be an hour. Um, But even without that, establishing that that habit Mm -hmm. uh, where you're doing something on a regular basis that's moved every day, almost every day, I'm moving slightly closer Mm -hmm. every single day. And so no matter what happens, no matter whether the dog's got to go to the vet or something happens at work or I've got to create a report late at night, Mm -hmm. it's done. From 6 to 6.15, it's done. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but I leverage the contract also. Um, I've got it in my book over there. Mm -hmm. I've got the contract and it's signed by myself. Uh It's also signed by my wife, Uh by my son, Uh and by my sister. Oh, accountability, Accountability. Eh? So they know I've committed to doing this. Uh-huh. And to prove that I do it, I send them a text message every morning at 6.15 of my screen. Mm-hmm. I have a screenshot. It says the time. Mm-hmm. And so I send them a text message. And so now I've got a text message of 33 <laughs> text messages of my screenshot. Uh-huh. And I just send them over to say, like, I'm at the desk. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I, mm. I'm honoring my commitment. Mm. And I'm doing it in front of people whose opinion I value quite a bit. Yeah, right. The so, most. So my wife, my son, my sister, mm-hmm. um, those are. That's a great way to keep me honest mm-hmm. and to uh, to move me a little closer mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. to improving and growing the podcast. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I appreciate you sharing this, and I think it it probably put a good amount of uh, uh, pressure on you to to fulfill those commitments, right? Or fulfill those, uh, would you say commitments or, or contract? contract? Yeah, fulfilling your contract. But, you know, on, on the flip side, though, Jim, I do think, like, uh, we we tend to beat ourselves up too much mo- most of the time. Um, you know, there, there probably will be days, like, you probably don't feel like doing this, right? Um is that okay? Is that okay to skip one? And then maybe you make it up tomorrow. You know, I, I like to think about that because, you know, when we start building our, beating ourselves up too much, that's when the negative energy comes in and that will affect how, we, how that day goes and how the next day goes. So um, for those who are, and I know Jim probably doesn't miss any days, but if you do miss any days, true. <laughs> don't beat yourself up. You know, have love for yourself because you have made a decision to make a change um, and you should applaud yourself for that. So just to clarify, yeah. I have missed. You have? I have missed days. <laughs> um, but James, James Clear talks about that. He's uh-huh. like, you know, when you miss mm-hmm. and it will happen, mm-hmm. the important thing is don't miss twice. Mm-hmm. You okay. know, don't, don't miss twice. And so the, I think I've missed one or two days in the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. So, and what I did, I, I texted the three. I texted my sister, my wife, and my son. And I said, missed it today. Mm-hmm. I needed sleep. I couldn't I couldn't do it today. I'm going to get it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's hashtag progress, not perfection. Yeah. Right? And that that's really what I try to focus on. It's like it's about progress, not perfection. Am I moving myself closer? Yeah. It's not going to be a straight line. It's not going to be this. Yes. Right? It, it's... You're going to have ups and downs, but if you, if the votes that you create for yourself every day outweigh the votes that create um, you moving the opposite way, you're going to, you're going to advance. There's no way you don't succeed. There's no way you don't, if you just keep 
at it. You keep getting a little closer. Mm. Just a little bit better every day. A little bit every day. All right. Okay. <coughs> well, so you're going to have a lot, lot to, to cut. <laughs> <coughs> Good stuff. Wait, what's that? Good stuff. Yeah. No, this Good is uh, your questions are great, Eric. Oh, and we haven't got we haven't talked about OKR yet. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I will hit, hit OKRs next. That's a different book. Um, but how did I get those mixed up? Well, we we were talking about different ways to implement, mm. you know, uh, strategies. Obviously, that tells you I haven't read that book yet. That's okay. That's all right. Don't beat yourself up. Oh, I'm not. I will. I, I have to get. I have to. Uh, but I love that comment too about. The Is, isn't that another book by Charles Charles Duhigg, um, The Power of Habits or something? Do you remember? Charles du, Charles Duhigg. I, I do. Duhigg? That sounds familiar. I have not read that book, so either. But, um, but yeah, um, OKRs uh, is uh, which it's the it's the core tenet of a book called Measure What Matters by John Doerr. Mm, okay. Um, and even John Doerr didn't invent OKRs, but he <coughs> uh, worked with Andy Grove at Intel. Mm. Well, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you about this. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you a baseball fan, right? I am. How did the How did the Sox do? The Sox are Opening. two and two. Two and two. Yeah, yeah. they. Uh, you Sox fan? Yeah, I am a Red Sox fan. Yes. Okay. I remember with the, you know the shirt you wore. Oh, that's right, that's right. I had the Red Sox, Red Sox <laughs> sweatshirt on. <sighs> Qua is a big baseball fan. He he grew up playing baseball. That's right. I remember, like he he played he played baseball. Yeah, and then he got injured. I think in college, so that kind of poop. Playing baseball in college is that's quite an accomplishment. Making yeah. a, making to that level. Uh, yeah, I think he he I think he played college, and then he he got hurt. Got injured and then gotta do something else. Yeah, you gotta reinvent <laughs> yourself. <laughs> ah. <sighs> do you try to go to a Sox game? Like, usually try to get to maybe try to get to one a year. Uh -huh. um, but I actually, I've got uh, season tickets to the Yankees double oh. uh, A team, which is right around us down in Somerset. Okay. So, um, so I go down. What's the name? What's the name? The, the Somerset Patriots. The Patriots. It's their double A affiliate. Okay. So, uh, so I, I take in quite a few games down there because you get to see the young kids coming up. Yeah. Um, and you get to see them from not just the Yankees because obviously I'm not a Yankee fan, but I do like seeing You're all not the a kids Yankee coming fans. through there. Could, is that on record? <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest it's with okay. you. It's okay. I think Gary's a Yankees fan, right? He is. He, he's yeah, more like more Yankees than Mets. Definitely more Yankees, I think. Yeah. But he's uh, <clears throat> obviously a big Jets fan. Yeah. Knicks. Jets, Knicks. Mm -hmm. Yankees. All right. <clears throat> okay. Camera. Got it. Camera on. <clears throat> okay. Oh yes, Jim. How about um, t tell us about the OKR concept? Yeah. So 
we, we talked about atomic habits and about how that's a strategy to build in, uh, build in some structure that allows you to move closer to your goals. Mm -hmm. The, the other one we talked about was the OKR method, which is objectives and key results. Mm -hmm. So, um, one of the, one of the other books I would recommend is a book called measure what matters Mm -hmm. by John Doerr. Mm-hmm. And John Doerr was a person who worked with uh, a man named Andy Grove at Intel, mm-hmm. you know, the company that makes all the microprocessors. Mm-hmm. And he tells a story about how when he got to Intel, they were launching a new type of pro- a new type of processor mm-hmm. uh, that was they had a lot of competition in the marketplace. They had uh, I forget who it was. It was Motorola, but somebody was like breathing down their neck mm-hmm. with the the uh, microprocessor. And so he walked through, you know, how Andy Grove uh, and he implemented this program to uh, create a microprocessor that dominated the industry. Mm-hmm. Right. That was kind of their their oh, their objective. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But what that looked like in implementation is, well, look. So the objective uh, was to dominate, build this this processor that dominated the industry. Yes, but to do that, there's twelve different things that had to happen, mm. right? And so each one of those things was owned by uh, by a lead. So your your marketing person had to get so much publicity for it. Your product development person had to develop this new processor your uh source uh your sourcing agent had to uh find a place that could build the components that you needed for the processor and so there were all these different pieces that had to be done for you to reach that goal mm-hmm. um, your salespeople had to uh reach out and uh to twice as many contacts as they normally would your marketing team had to build a story of why this processor was better mm-hmm. So everyone had their their job to do, but they all kind of funneled together to that overall objective. Mm. Um, and so I find that to be, um, at least in a, in a broader setting, in a business setting, it's, it's one of the good ways to think about how um, every objective uh, probably has two or three key things that if they happen, Mm-hmm. You cannot help but achieve your objective, right? So if you um, want to, if you want to uh, increase revenue by twenty percent, mm-hmm. you probably have three or four things. Um, I'm going to go to two more trade shows. Um, my sales team is going to call on fifty uh, percent more clients. We're going to find two more distribution partners. We're going to. And you can lay out these things that if they happen, mm-hmm. it's very unlikely you don't reach your objective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a good way I've found to really try to measure what matters, right? Mm-hmm. To identify the things that are really essential for your success mm-hmm. and to allow people to build their own OKR mm-hmm. that ladders in so that your marketing person that needs to create the story is creating their own OKR, mm. all right? So I need to create a story of why this processor is better. Now, to do that, I need research. So I, I'm gonna ask my research person to 
provide me research. I'm going to ask my designer to create a visual that shows why this this makes sense. Mm. So like you can see it, it's like a Russian nesting doll mm-hmm. that all these uh, this large OKR has all these little OKRs that fit within it. And if it's not easy to do, but it is simple, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Simple is not easy, but 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 simple can be really powerful. Mm. Well, so so in a way, do you um, from a, a planning perspective, right? Uh, or strategy planning perspective, like would you recommend doing those OKRs as the person that makes the decision, right? Either you're a business owner or executive, or would you recommend formulating those OKRs with your team? That is an excellent question. The, the way it is most effective mm-hmm. is when it comes from the top down. Mm-hmm. Because if the president or the CEO mm-hmm. is saying, this is my OKR, and so at Intel, all OKRs are public. Mm-hmm. You can go look at anyone else's OKR and you can see what their their goal, what their objective is, and what the key results are mm. that lead to that objective. Mm. Um, if it's if it's established at the head, mm-hmm. at the top of the company, mm. it's much more effective. Now, I could have I could have a, a CEO or a president that says, "Hey, I want you to accomplish X." Mm-hmm. Okay, I could build an OKR around X. Mm-hmm. What what does happen is that that CEO can come back next week and say, forget about X, I want you to do Y, mm. right? Which that happens. <laughs> but if it comes from the top down and you can say, hey, our objective was X, mm. are we still doing X or are we gonna change it? Because you can change your you can change your OKR, but you have to make that conscious decision to say, all right, we said we were gonna go here, we've discussed and we changed our minds and we're now gonna go here. Mm. So that's a wonderful point because in a way I would think that it would be more effective if it was flowing from the bottom, right? The objectives are, you know, you ask the team, you know, what do you want to accomplish? What, what do you want to see, you know, three, six, nine months from now or a year from now? And that way they are the ones that have the, uh, they will have buy-in what they say, kind of like, if it's coming from the top, right? You know, mm-hmm. the, the CEO would have buy-in in what, what he's telling you to do. So it just contradict a little bit diff, uh, contradicts with what my initial thoughts were. And, I, and, and I'm willing to open to uh, explore the advantage of that. <laughs> uh, I, I, think, I think that's that thought is what a lot of CEOs might have is mm. that um, I want this person at this level to pursue this project with this concept and I want it to be like a virus mm-hmm. and I want it to kind of spread and and uh, that concept to spread at the grassroots level and work its way up. Mm. I haven't seen it work that way. I see. I, I, I haven't, I don't have a lot of examples of that working. I've mm-hmm. had a lot of examples of that not working, mm-hmm. but when, but when you have, um, when you have a leader that's committed to, really kind of putting their ass on the line and saying, this is exactly where we're going, mm-hmm. right? And this is where we're all going to push uh, to get there. And I need your ideas and your plans and your thoughts on what's the best thing that you can do with your resources that's going to 
support that overall objective. Mm. Like in war, right? Without without vision, people perish. It certainly makes things easier. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, diving into the next topic, Jim. We okay? Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that uh, um, atomic bomb. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, thank you for sharing the atomic habits and the OKR with us here. But diving into the next story, uh, the next topic. All right. Um, so currently, Jim, you are the um, the chief digital officer for a company called uh, Modern Luxury Media, Correct. which is a um, a media company offering over 80 plus important luxury brands, so to speak, right? Um, access to the to the most affluent audience all across the United States. And as an executive of a, of a high, high profile media company, you still carve out time and energy to, to start your passion project, which is your, your podcast, The Great Unfamous. Um, and when you told me the, the premise of the show, which is really highlighting people in our lives now, today, who are still alive, who have made, it, made it, um, a significant impact on, on us, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was very, very interesting way because we, when we talk, talk about ways to honor someone, you know, we hear a lot of that at funerals, right? Um, but very often we don't, I don't think we do enough in real life while the person is still with us today. Um, I think it's just a, such a great way to honor someone that has made an impact for us. And your guests have done a phenomenal, you know, they, they were, I listened to a few of your shows and um, very impressed and very touched by the people that were, that made a significance in their lives and the lesson that, that, um, that they have learned from them. So, um, share with us what is uh, you know what is the, this vision you have with this passion project of yours, and um, and how how can how can how can the audience really benefit the most from it? Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate the the opportunity to to talk about it. Yeah. The um, the the basic premise is that we want to talk to I want to talk to people that have. Uh, taken time out of their life to lift other people up. Mm. And so those are, those are unique people. And generally, those people are all around us, mm. right? So they may not have given a TED Talk. They may not have authored a book. They may not have a million followers on Instagram. Um, but they are impacting people's lives. Mm. And so when, when I find those people, come across those people, I talk to them, understand why and how they do it, but I also want to understand who was it that taught them to think that way, mm-hmm. like, or who was really influential in in their development. And so that is almost an algorithm, mm-hmm. right? It's a human algorithm for uncovering hidden information, mm-hmm. right? So uh, a person who I respect and does great work in, in helping other people move forward mm-hmm learning about what it is that helped them along their way uh, has uncovered some tremendous stories of people I never would have met that I never would have learned about. And they have incredible lessons mm-hmm. to share. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're, they're 
most cases are kind of everyday people mm-hmm. that uh, that would fly under the radar, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't necessarily hear about them. But their lessons are incredibly impactful. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm sure all all of your guests did a wonderful job uh, on your show, right? I think you got about mm-hmm. a dozen, a little over a dozen of them. Um, can you can you tell me who's the one that made the most impact? <laughs> or, like, or it's unfair to ask. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, what was my favorite my favorite child. Um, they, well, I think I think there's some that are like more surprising mm-hmm. than others. I think they all provide a great value or benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know uh, Kate Bradley Chernus, who is a, a founder of a company called Lately. Mm-hmm. Um, has a really interesting story, and when I learned of you know who is your who is your greatest influence, it was a woman named Johnette Hartnett, mm-hmm. and Johnette, uh, so when I interviewed her and, and learned about her story, it, it's a tragic story with an incredibly positive ending, mm-hmm. um, and so this uh, Kate's aunt, uh, Johnette Hartnett was a woman who lost all three children mm-hmm. in a house fire uh, in her in her 30s. A, a incredibly devastating. Uh, I can't think of a worse thing to happen to someone in mm-hmm. their life. And how she recovered from that, how she rebuilt her life, and what she did after that, which was go back to school and get her master's, then get her doctorate, and then found... Um, the the National Disabilities Foundation and go to uh, Washington, D.C. and lobby for this organization that helps millions of people with disabilities. Mm. Like that story alone is a signal to me that that we're on the right track, Mm -hmm. right? Here's a woman I would never have met, Mm -hmm. incredibly inspirational, Mm -hmm. who was simply just a a person that inspired somebody I knew. and so those are the kinds of stories that uh, that I think are worthy of exposure. Um, one other quick one is a, a, a friend of mine, Mir Chattel. Um, his greatest influence was his grandfather in Bangladesh, mm-hmm. and he grew up in a very uh, a very poor town outside Rangpur in Bangladesh, and his grandfather is basically like the town he's wise like the mayor man. or the he, mayor. Like, yeah. like the mayor he's the mayor <laughs> he's the school board he's the therapist yeah, yeah. he's the financial counselor he's the bank he's and like this incredible man that has helped this community and develop and and promote education and, and getting kids educated and uh teaching them how to um, advance and, and move on to uh, get jobs and come back and help the community. Mm-hmm. So those are the kinds of people that you're not going to come across in your Twitter feed mm-hmm. uh, or your, or your Instagram feed or on TV. Uh, they're, they're really inspirational and they're, they're just everyday heroes that, that do their work mm-hmm. uh, without recognition. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that, Jim. Uh, and we certainly do not want you not to listen to his podcast because of what he just said. Okay, we want you to listen to it. Get learn. Get the maybe maybe you will learn a different lesson 
than what Jim has shared, right? Because every every person looks at information differently, right? Um, but definitely go check it out. The Great Unfamous. All right. Um, moving into the uh, the 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 next topic. All right. I think this is a. Uh, I don't know if you even know this, but for you to, um, no, because in, in your show, right? Uh, not in your show, but in your, um, uh, uh, what is that? The website, I would call it oh, website. The, the about or, origins? Yeah, the, about the, or, yeah. In the origin, um, the article about the origin of your show, all right? And there was um, uh, one question. In fact, you know, the, the, the secret of the great unfamous unlocked by one simple question. And the question was, name the one person alive today who had the most positive impact in your life. Uh, I'm not going to ask you who they are because the answers are in the article, right? Uh, it was um, uh, Jason Hoffman, who was a martial artist and also, I guess, a mental toughness coach. Yeah. Uh, Dave Thompson, which is your brother, mm -hmm. uh, a, a, a former attorney that turned teacher, became mm -hmm. a, a teacher. History, right? Yes. And also Andy Cranek, who is part of, uh, who was part of Team Gary. Now he's uh, in charge of the uh, V Friends, right? Mm -hmm. The NFT platform, and also Amy Sullivan, the uh, the lovely PT who worked with your son Will, uh, yes. growing up. So go ahead and read that article. It's, it's very insightful. Um, so I'm not gonna ask you to talk about them, okay? Um, but I just I do want to talk about how, you know, the the your ability I guess to identify someone's gift is a gift in itself. And I think as a as a leader of any organization or, or a manager or someone that, um, you know, that have other people uh, working with you or for you. Uh, I think it's an incredible skill or, or, or gift to have to be able to recognize that person's gift. And I think um, when you do recognize someone's gift and with the proper proper challenge for that person, that will help that person gain a new identity to become a better self, you know, a better producer, a better so-and-so. Um, so you might not recognize it, but that's the gift that I see in you, that you're able to identify someone's gift rather, rather easily. It's like natural, right? Um, talk to us about how, how that has helped you, you know, as a, you know, as a father, as a husband, as a, as a manager, as an as a executive uh, at your company. Well, you know, I think... Uh if you ask my wife, mm -hmm. she'll she'll tell you that I embarrass her mm -hmm. on a regular basis sometimes by asking people very deep or pointed questions. Uh -huh. And because I, that journalist in me at heart is like, I like to ask questions. I like to learn about like, what are you at your core, mm -hmm. right? And so like getting to like what people, uh, what really drives them, what what's important to them. Mm -hmm. And I think the, you know, finding finding people, how people contribute is a lot of times it's a surprise to them. Mm -hmm. That That's why, you know, when you talk about 
what people can do and to think about about the people in your life because there's there's definitely more than one mm-hmm. think about the people in your life that were impactful that helped you during a specific juncture and maybe it was a six month period or maybe it was a six day period mm-hmm. but they were really impactful you like it, like amy did for six years or seven years yeah working with yeah Will. yeah uh and then uh, you guys had to Ale- move back to jersey yeah and <clears throat> alex sullivan was that for me yeah um and the but the important part is that you start this circle or this cycle of of kindness and and action mm. right because by letting that person know that they had that kind of dramatic impact on you one they probably didn't know it mm. two uh it is a gift to them mm. and three it might encourage them to do more of that in the future mm. like wow i didn't realize i was that impactful mm. i could probably do that with this other person that i'm working with or supporting or guiding mm. so um and then they can start thinking about the person that impacted them. Mm-hmm. And so there's that, it, it can kind of build this cycle of gratitude that yields people who feel better, mm-hmm. people that are sharing it, paying it forward, mm-hmm. people that are learning lessons. Mm-hmm. So like when I had this concept, I'm like, there's so much good that mm-hmm. can come out of this mm-hmm. in a number of different ways. Uh, it was it was something that I, I felt like it, it really was a passion project or it is a passion project that I think is probably my best ability to bring something good to this world. Mm. That's amazing, Jim. Um, I'm so glad you're doing this passion project with the busy schedule, chaotic stuff that's going on. Um, what, what do you see the, the, the future of that show, the, the, the this project? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or, or, or you just doing it because it's, this is just a passion of yours with no no reasons. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to circle back to the beginning of the podcast here. Yeah. So uh-huh. uh, one, so I can call up Tanya Yuki and tell her that I did write that book. Okay. And I did publish it, and here's uh-huh. a copy of it. Uh-huh. So I think I think in the next, uh, I would say probably after season three, I'll have enough, I'll have enough information and and uh, interviews to to write a book mm. so so all these podcasts that you're doing are basically topics for material for your future piece that, of writing that oh, is the plan wow that is the plan yeah yeah taking notes <laughs> <laughs> well uh man our video guy just gave us the cue this is the time but uh man this is amazing amazing 45 minutes with you Jim, um, I'm so glad you're here and thank you from the bottom of my heart. Otherwise, um, without really your 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 push, um, this podcast would not happen. So thank you. Well, you're you're an incredible role model for the people that are watching this and listening to this now uh, of what's possible when you commit to doing the things that you know are right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is this podcast is a great example of it. And so I'm incredibly proud of you. And okay. uh, uh, and I I know that you're just scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. So because oh, we got a good team behind us. <laughs> yes, you do. All right. So it's a wrap. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. All right. Bro.